Welcome back, everybody. We've got a great show for you this week, including some QB comparison, a little bit of college football, and as always, we're going to send some serious picks. So with that said, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Week five, episode five, Just Three Guys podcast. So we'll start off, as always, Gable. I'm going to go to you. What's new with you, bud? Uh, nothing much, really. Uh, haven't really had anything going on this week. Uh, just had a pretty easy week of school. I don't have class on Wednesdays or Fridays, and my Monday night class got canceled again. So it's only eight weeks, and uh, we haven't had class once. So we got five weeks left, and uh, yeah, haven't done that anything. Se- that seems kind of odd to me. Yep, he uh, sounds... our professor canceled because he was sick. So uh, yeah, like we were supposed to have a test this week, and he canceled, moved it back to next week. Got five weeks to go, and haven't done a single thing really for grade in this class. So, so your first your first class is gonna have a test. Um, it's like we get a whole week to take it outside of class. During class, we just talk about like the readings and stuff. From okay. I wouldn't know though because I really haven't had a class yet. So that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how my week's been. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. AJ, what's new with you? Well, I have a pretty busy weekend ahead of me. So at one, as soon as we're done recording this, I'll be heading off to my first radio show of the fall semester. Right, so you're cheating on us with another uh, show. I wouldn't say I'm cheating on you because, you know, a podcast and a radio show are two completely different things. But it's funny because um, instead of doing a sports show like I've done in the past, I decided that I kind of want to do something different, you know, maybe some stuff similar to what we're doing. So I thought, uh, how about the odds and ends segment? I'll I'll just do that for my show. And the partner that I'm with agreed to doing stuff like that. So basically what I'm going to be doing on the radio show is recycling all of my old material and putting it into the radio show so I don't have to double prepare for our Just Three Guys podcast and for our radio show, which I think we are going we are going to be calling it Fun Day Friday. Fun Day Friday. Okay. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of catchy. I like that. And yeah. then as yeah, as soon as that's done tonight – oh, by the way, uh, if you want to listen to that, if you're in the Des Moines area, you can listen to it Fridays 4 to 6 on The Edge 88.1 or go online to uh, – you can Google KDPS Radio Des Moines and you should be able to stream it online. But anyway, after that is over, I'll be hightailing it back to Earlham to take photos of the Earlham football game for Ooh. a for a class. And so uh, once that is done, I'll come back here and I'll have an early morning tomorrow morning. I will be going to the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. However, it is not to watch. It is to work uh, for our, the men's basketball team here at Grandview is fundraising using the CSC security service or whatever it's called. And so I might be taking tickets. I might be doing some sort of security thing. I don't know, but it's going to be a really long day. We're leaving here at 6.30, and we're not expected to be back until 5. Aren't you a hardworking man? Yeah. I, yeah, I guess so. And then Sunday I'll be going back to Earlham again because I will be doing a special feature on 
on Earlham's very own Trent Williamson to a feature asking him how his recording is going or his uh, recruitment is going. I'm going to record that on video and I've decided that I'll post it on our just three guys Twitter page. So uh, whenever that's done, be on the lookout for that. Oh, nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, busy weekend, lots going on. So yeah, Noah, what about you? What are you doing? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to preface this with how stupid we are because Gable and I are in the same town for the first first time since we started this, and we are not recording together. So that's how <laughs> stupid we are. Just want to put that out there. Yep, very true. Um, which I kind of forgot about until we started recording. But um, next time, right? Yep, sure. next time. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, this is kind of my first week that it was a test week in college. So all the professors, they gang up and they say this is the week that we're all giving tests. And mine was this week. Had two of them, probably did not so great on both of them, but it was a rough one. We're rolling through. It's a nice reminder of how bad of a student I am. I almost forgot after these first couple weeks of class, but this was a good reminder of, oh, yeah, college college sucks. So um been a great week. Looking forward to the weekend for sure. I got slow pitch softball tournament on Sunday. So oh, that'd be really fun. Yeah, I had some dingers. Probably not. I actually sucked last year. I went one for six. Oh, you just got to <laughs> focus on making contact. Thanks, Coach. Got some questions that I got to ask, and I hope you can come up with answers, baby. So anyway, with that, we'll roll into the inquiry, the section here. we got a couple of fan questions. This one comes from John from Cedar Rapids. John from Cedar Rapids wants to know, would you rather go blind or go bald? Well, I... Uh personally enjoy seeing things being able to drive places uh, you know just seeing where I'm going when I'm walking down the sidewalk I wouldn't care as much if I was bald because you know you can cover that up but you can't really do anything about your vision if you're blind so I'd rather be bald yeah I'm gonna go with bald because I have a beard and all guys that are bald with a beard look actually better than they are when they actually have hair so uh, I'll go with bald, and also with that, uh, I don't even think this is, like, a fair comparison because, like, one is, like, pretty much handicaps you for life. Yeah. The other one is just you're bald. Like, I would disagree that possibly both of these handicap you for life. Listen, I I think you can overcome anything by having a good head of hair. I really believe that. Um, <laughs> maybe you two don't understand that as much as I do, just saying. But Yeah, um, I definitely don't have – Good hair, like you. AJ, your hair looks like a damn porcupine on your head. <laughs> I have been told that before, yes. I think I've been the one that's told you that before. He might have been the one, yeah. But I think and I've I'm heard just, it from others as well. I'm just going to say, like, AJ, you talked about, like, driving places. And driving sucks. Imagine if you somebody else drove you everywhere. But pretty nice. Not having to deal with any of that. I mean, that, walking yeah. down the sidewalk, if somebody had potentially, like, imagine if you just got a dog then to help you take you to class and help you do all those things. Okay. I just, yeah. No, I I, I'm should, pretty passionate about my hair. I think you should uh, go up to any blind person and ask them if they'd rather be blind or bald. And I think I can guarantee you that their answer would be bald. But, well, listen, let's ask people yeah. with sight and see what they think. Because I think it's, if you've seen... If you've seen both one side of it, then obviously you're going to think the other side's right. But if you haven't seen either, then you can maybe have a little bit more of a, a fair opinion. You should also ask a bald person, see if they'd rather be blind or bald. I bet, I bet there are some bald people out there that would that would give up their sight to get 
a good head of hair on him. If you're bald and you're listening, tweet at us, email us, let us know, and prove me right. There's no way. <laughs> There's I'm sorry. There's I think not there a is chance. a way. I think there is a way. I bet. A, I bet a lot of people would rather have hair. To me, than these have are their sight. These are two significantly different things. I think you guys it's are both wrong. I, one is I, like one is just like an accessory on you, and the other one's like a almost like a necessity to have. Like hair is a necessity to have. <laughs> There's some would would you rather questions that you can kind of go maybe fifty fifty on, but this is an absolutely one hundred percent to zero. I agree. I agree completely with you, except you're on the wrong side of this. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> I Listen, cannot. I, I cannot believe this. I'm be honest. I'm looking this up right now. There's got to be. There's probably some kind of like people with hair. Or like you know, how they say like taller people are more successful and make more money. There's got to be something that like if you have hair, you make more money. Have you seen that? Is it a Gillette commercial where the guy is sitting uh, waiting for his job interview and he sees the picture, or the paintings on the wall of all the bald guys, and yeah, then he goes that. in, picks up the razor, and shaves his head. Yeah. <laughs> first that guy's crazy first of all not that he had very good hair to start with but um that guy's crazy i'm gonna find i'm gonna find something and i'm gonna post about it. i'm gonna make a video about it if i can find proof because i will be able to easily for your forgetful friday video yeah that'll happen for. so for all you guys that are disappointed that i didn't come out with a uh, thursday thoughts video it's because i forgot so welcome to forgetful <laughs> friday that video will be dropping yesterday by the time this podcast comes out so if you don't see it by the time you listen, go check that out at J3G Podcast on Twitter. All right, we'll move into our second question here. Our second question is wondering, who is the best Adam Sandler athlete? We're talking movies here. So the three that there kind of are is Happy Gilmore from Happy Gilmore, Bobby Boucher from The Waterboy, and then... This is a... Really, really hard one because uh, these three athletes are all exceptional in these movies. But I think what it really comes down to is uh, each of these three characters are at a different level in uh, their sport. So, example, uh, Paul Crew, you know, they're in they're in prison. They're not playing professionally or anything. Bobby Boucher, that's college. Happy Gilmore. That's professional, and he's at the top of the professional world in that movie. So I would have to say Happy Gilmore, but it's definitely close between him and Bobby Boucher because Bobby Boucher is a difference maker on that football team, lead him to the Bourbon Bowl victory. But I do have to say Happy Gilmore overcoming Shooter McGavin. Happy Gilmore is the best Adam Sandler athlete. Okay, as a sports guy, I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with Bobby Boucher. And I know it's uh, it's very close between him and Happy Gilmore. And Happy Gilmore can make a hole-in-one on a par four, which is unbelievable. That's that's incredible. He it's is, iconic. It's, it is iconic. But Bobby Boucher is the most difference-making defensive player since Khalil Mack for the Bears. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, Bobby Boucher was like the modern – he, Khalil Mack is the modern day Bobby Boucher. So I'm going to go with Bobby Boucher. He led, the, he led the Mud Dogs back in the Bourbon Bowl as a defensive player. As a defensive player. Yeah, and remember in that game, the opposing team had to kneel yeah. to take him out of the game. 
Yeah. Whoa. Dude. Whoa. So they had to put him in on offense. Yeah. He's like he's a dual threat. He can play any position. I think in one of the stat lines uh, in the movie, he had like 25 tackles in one game and like close to 10 sacks or something. Like, the, can you imagine? That's that's incredible. I, I don't think I've ever seen a defensive player as good as Bobby Boucher in my entire lifetime. So I'm going to have to go with Bobby Boucher, but no disrespect to Happy. I'm going to disagree with both of you, Oh wow. actually. I think when you're looking at who's the best in their respective sport, I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore. I think Happy Gilmore is the best at what he does. But if you're talking about the overall athlete, I think – I think personally that it has to go to Paul Crew. You got football, you've got basketball in there as well, and he's pretty good at that as well. So I think since he's a multi-sport athlete, I think that I give it to him. Okay, I, I see your argument there. I totally forgot that about that basketball scene where uh, he meets Cheeseburger Eddie and uh, all those guys. That's exactly, a, and he can drain. He yeah. can drain. He's got sick handles. So I I think I'm going to go with him for best athlete, but I would agree that. I think Happy Gilmore is the best in his respective sport. But you got to remember with Happy Gilmore is that he won like one tournament the entire movie, like one tournament. Whereas Bobby Boucher was like amazing for the whole season. He led the bourbon. Uh, he led the Mud Dogs back in the Bourbon Bowl, like I said. But Paul Crew, that's interesting take. No, I like I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you, thank you very much. So with that. Remember to keep sending your questions in at J3G Podcast on Twitter or J3G Podcast at gmail.com. Send those questions in and we will keep answering them. So, with that, I'll turn it over to Gable for this week in sports. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey. All right, guys, it's this week in sports. Start off with the NBA. Not a lot happening. Obviously, it's the offseason. But there were a couple storylines we got to talk about. First off, uh, Rodney Hood signed his qualifying offer. He's returning to the Cavs. So we've already talked about in the past. Cavs looking like a pretty interesting team moving forward. We'll see how that plays out. Luol Deng signed with uh, Minnesota after his buyout with the Lakers. Bulls um, 2.0 right there. Yeah, but the Bull- I think the Timberwolves are going to be like that team that just blows up at some point this year. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler hates everybody there, and the young guys don't play any defense. So I think uh, I think that's a team that will be very interesting, and that's going to be a team that probably blows up at some point this year. But as long as they hold on to Carl Anthony Towns, I think they'll be fine. Um, other than that, Andrew Bynum, former two-time NBA champion and one-time All-Star, center of the Lakers, Sixers, and Cavs, is attempting an NBA comeback. And what a lot of people forget about this is that the uh, is that Andrew Bynum at one point was considered by most the second-best center in the NBA to Dwight Howard when he was on the Lakers with Kobe. After his first All-Star appearance, a lot of people were talking about that. And uh, another thing that people forget about Andrew Bynum is he's only 30 years old. And I saw his workout video, and I was like, hmm. That would be kind of interesting to see if Andrew Bynum makes a return. So uh, that, that was some pretty optimistic news. Um, but some other optimistic news we've had this week, uh, Celtics' Gordon Hayward says he's basically 100% ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics do this year. I think all of us kind of agree that the Celtics are the best team in the East now that LeBron has left the Cavs. Yeah, it's not so, even close. Yeah, yeah. so it will be interesting to see how his injury um, affects him because we all saw how how Paul George responded to his. I mean, he's still an all-star, but 
Paul George was like being talked about as potentially like a superstar before he got his injury, and now he's more of like a three and D all star caliber three and D wing. So he's still good, but we'll see how Gordon responds. And then the other NBA news was Russell Westbrook uh, had knee surgery, and he may miss the first couple of games to start the season. So that's not, that's not great news for OKC. But uh, moving on to the MLB. There are only two weeks left in the regular season. So running through division leaders like we always do, uh, with two weeks left in the NL, the Cubs lead uh, the Central. NL East, they are pretty much have almost secured that division as of right now. Easy there. The Easy there. Knock on wood. Hey, well, you guys are still sitting pretty good. But, I know, uh, the, but there's a lot can happen. Yep. You never very know. True, very true. But the, uh, the Rockies are leading the West. Surprisingly, their bats have gotten hot. Um, the Coors Field advantage is helping them out right now, and uh, looks like they have a very good chance at securing uh, the NL West. But a lot, of, a lot of time left, as we as we've said. Uh, then moving to the AL, uh, the AL East, the Red Sox are winning that. They already clinched their playoff spot, first team to do so this year. Uh, they're looking very good. Then the Astros are winning the West, and the Indians are clear and far away ahead in the Central. Um, with the wild card, the Brewers and the Cardinals are in, but the Dodgers, I think, are only one game back right now. They're knocking on the door. Yep, and the Diamondbacks are still in it to this point. But uh, I got to say, the NL Central is tight right now. Uh, the Brewers have really gotten hot this past week. They're only a game and a half behind the Cubs, and the Cards are only four and a half back, which only puts them like a game ahead of the Dodgers in that wild card race. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. As a Cubs fan, I'm not too nervous. I still think we're going to win the division. Um, I still think the Brewers are going to get that number one wild card spot. But if anybody's to be nervous, it's got to be, it's got to be probably the Cardinals because the Dodgers are knocking on the door, and I really don't see the Dodgers missing the playoffs. So um, we'll see how that turns out. Um, and then the AL, the Yankees and the A's are in right now, and the Rays and Seattle are both like eight or nine games back at this point. So the AL's pretty much been determined. But there was an interesting story that came out this week I'd like to discuss with you guys. So there was an ESPN article this week talking about Mike Trout's future. And so Mike Trout has two years left on his contract. He'll be a free agent in the fall of 2020. Um, And this year the Angels will miss the playoffs uh, for the eighth time in the past nine years. So I was wondering, do you guys think the Angels should seriously consider trading him this offseason? Or go in for their last two years. And there was actually a report this morning by Le- by a Bleacher Report that the Angels are expected to offer Mike Trout a lifetime contract this offseason. Wow. So what do you guys what do you guys make of that situation? See Mike Trout is maybe the best player in baseball. But for for your team, you gotta think long term and if you can get multiple assets out of your out of the best player in the game, I would say you gotta do it. Baseball is one of those sports where you have to do that. I think if the the Angels haven't made the playoffs in a while now and I think it's about time that they blow things up, start fresh, maybe find a new Mike Trout, and then Mike Trout can maybe play for a contender while he's in his best years of his baseball career. I think it'd be pretty smart to try and get Trout's the best baseball player right now. He's the best one. He's potentially going to be one of the best ball players ever when it's all said and done for him. Um, 
it sounds really stupid to trade him unless you can get a lot out of it, like a lot, a lot. And I think it wouldn't be too hard for them to sign Mike Trout to that lifetime contract because Mike Trout seems like kind of kind of too nice of a guy to say no. You know, like it seems like the angel, Angels could offer him anything and he'd just be like, oh, I spent my whole career here and yeah, I like it here. I suppose I'll just stay here forever. Like that's the kind of guy he seems like. He's not like yeah. Manny Machado who's like going to try and leave and go be on a contender. He's like too nice for that. So yeah, I think I agree. the Angels could maybe even lowball him a little bit, save some money, and then try and bring some people in with Mike Trout. Um, I always find this interesting because Mike Trout is he's one of the best three baseball players I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I, th- I would probably put him as the second best behind Barry Bonds. And um, it, he's just so consistent. He's he'll be If he retired today, I think he would be a first bout Hall of Famer. That's how good the guy is. He's unbelievable talent but with that being said i if doesn't it kind of feel like the angels go all in every single off season like you always see the angels pick up like three dudes every off season give them like 80 90 100 million dollar deals and they're always 500 and so like with that being said i don't think it would be a bad idea to trade mike especially with two years left on his contract that like gives that gives that team that trades for him plenty of time to build, to build a contender, or if they are a contender to, you know, compete and hopefully, you know, get them to stay there. But at the same time, it's like the best player of this new generation. Like it's a once in a lifetime talent and you never know how prospects are going to turn out in the end. But I, I do think the angels should seriously consider it. If they can't work out like a lifetime contract, like they're trying to, I think that then they should go into the mode of seeking out potential trade partners. Cause you imagine like what teams would get up, like give up to get him. Like I think the Philadelphia Phillies would give up almost half their like team to get yeah. him because he's from like, the Philadelphia area. I think the Yankees would give up any prospect to get Mike Trout. Like I think, I think it wouldn't be a bad thing, but it's, it's, you just don't see the best player in their respective sport get traded all that often. So I just thought it was an interesting article, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason with Mike Trout. But uh, moving on to the NFL, uh, week one was very exciting. There were a lot of big-time performances, and there were a lot of uh, really disappointing performances. But to hit on the big-time performances first, uh, first got to start off with the Chiefs. Uh, AJ, your team, oh. Mahomes and Tyreek oh, Hill lit up the Chargers in Mahomes' second they start. They look so good. Uh, yeah, they, they look unreal and uh Mahomes went 15 for 27 which is kind of odd because it looked every I watched like a majority of the third and fourth quarter with some of my roommates and it looked like he didn't like incomplete a pass at all yeah but he did uh, have a kind of a shaky start he was he's definitely more inaccurate than what Alex Smith is but man he's got one heck of an arm on him yeah and so we went 15 for 27 for 256 yards and four touchdowns. And then Tyree Hill had seven catches for 169 yards, two touchdowns, and he had a punt return touchdown. And, like, I predicted the Chargers win this division. I thought the Chargers would win last week. I was very confident in that. And I, I think right now the Chiefs look like the early front runners to win the division. And they look like kind of dark horse Super Bowl contenders. I don't know if their defense is good enough. Um, but holy crap, that offense looked on. I will say their defense did surprise me. Uh, it was a lot better than what I expected. I thought the game could have ended up in the forties, uh, both sides, but the chiefs defense held their own for the most part. 
I agree with that. They had a couple turn. I think they forced two turnovers on Philip Rivers, yep. two or three, and um, so that that was promising. I just and at the end of the game when the Chargers are trying to score like so many points and they're throwing the ball all up and down the field, it's hard to it's hard to keep your defense in it. But at the same time, they just they look great. Uh, then Ryan Fitzpatrick went off this week for the Bucks, uh, upset of the Saints, going 21 for 28, 417 yards and four touchdowns. Fitzmagic is alive, and maybe the Buccaneers aren't going to be as big of a dumpster fire as I thought. Yeah, that almost killed my week one fantasy matchup. I had the Saints defense thinking the Buccaneers would be a dumpster fire. Um, moving on from that, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers uh, returned from injury in the second half of the Sunday night game. Uh, to come back to defeat the Bears, despite Khalil Mack having all-time performance. Khalil had, uh, I know the numbers don't look great, but if you watch the game, his impact was unreal. He had a sack, one pick six. Um, he had a ton of times where he's getting to Aaron Rodgers and Brett, I mean, not Brett Henley, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. So he played great, but Aaron Rodgers finished 20 for 30, 286 yards and three touchdowns. They put up 24 points in the second half and they shredded the Bears. And it was really sad to see as a Bears fan because, I mean, the Bears looked so good in that first half, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So that stayed the same. Um, other than that, uh, a couple running backs had big performances. Adrian Peterson came back for 26 yards. I mean, 26 carries, 96 yards, a touchdown, 70 receiving yards. James Conner filled in for uh, Le'Veon Bell with 135 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he looked great. And then Sam Darnold made his NFL debut. Um, his first pass was ugly, gave up a pick six. But after that, he responded with a huge win over the Lions and two touchdown passes, finished the rest of the game looking great. So that looked like a very promising start for him. But then with disappointing performances from week one, there were a lot of those too. So first off, the Buffalo Bills were a playoff team. Uh, were a playoff team last year, and uh, they gave up 47 points to the Ravens in their opening 47-3 to loss. Nathan Peterman uh, did Nathan Peterman-type things, went 5 for 18 for 24 yards and two picks, uh, and they had to fill in jo uh, rookie Josh Allen for him. So it looks like they may be an early frontrunner for the worst team in the NFL. Um, also with that, Dallas Cowboys offense looked terrible, which was really disappointing for me because I picked Zeke first in our fantasy draft this year. Probably should have picked Todd Gurley, but those were the two I was considering. And Dak was 19 for 29 on passes, uh, 170 yards. Zeke only had 69 yards and a touchdown. Um, so they looked pretty bad, like to say the least. Um, but then New Orleans defense was terrible as well. Um, very bad. They gave up over 500 yards of total offense and 48 points to the Buccaneers which was totally unexpected. And uh, along with that, Jimmy G had a bad start. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had another bad start. And obviously the Lions got absolutely throttled on Monday night to the Jets with Matt Stafford throwing four picks. So, guys, I just want to ask you a quick question. Which team is more concerning at this point? The Cowboys, the Steelers, which the Steelers tied to the Browns, and then the Saints, who lost to the dumpster fire, which I thought they would be in the Buccaneers this year. Uh, without question, I think the Saints had the worst performance of week one, um, giving up 
nearly 50 points to a team that was expected to not win very many games. And they had their backup quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the game. As for the Steelers, you know, there there were some expectations for the Browns. Uh, so that one's not too big of a deal, even though Ben Roethlisberger looks absolutely horrible in that game. And I also didn't have uh, much of any expectation for the Cowboys. So I I wouldn't say that their performance was concerning. So I definitely have to say the Saints would be the most per, most uh, concerning, considering that I had pretty large expectations for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's obviously not the Steelers because they lost to what is going to be an amazing team this year. So, I mean, that's really not that bad of a, of a tie for them against a, a really good Browns team, what they're going to be this year. I truly believe that. And um, as for the Saints, I think the Saints is easily the worst. I mean, Tampa Bay sucks. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't suck, but I thought they were going to suck. And uh, beating the Saints like that, pretty bad, pretty bad. And, I mean, it's not like the Panthers are necessarily a bad team or anything like that. So I'm fine with that Cowboys loss. So, yeah, Saints easily, they need to have quite the bounce back week. Although, tomorrow got me a lot of fantasy points. So keep doing that. Yeah, I think the Saints were the most disappointing from week one. Obviously giving up like 48 to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know that the Buccaneers were really hyped up last year as a team that could potentially make the playoffs. So maybe maybe they're just a year late on the prediction, but the most concerning to me has to be the Cowboys. Like the Steelers and the Saints, they have proven veteran NFL quarterbacks in Roethlisberger and Breeze. They have a ton of talent on offense. When you look at the Cowboys, like Dak doesn't look like he has been doing that great, and I'm a big Dak fan, so that's, that's pretty concerning to me. And then the offensive line still doesn't look good. Now Carolina's front seven is amazing. They have Keekley and a phenomenal defensive line and uh, another good linebacker and Shaq Thompson, I believe. So they have a very good front seven, but dang, the Cowboys, like, have nobody that can get open on their offense. And if they can't run the football, that team's going to win. Like, they'll probably get third or maybe even last in the division if they can't move the chains like they did against Carolina. So I, I think they're pretty concerning, but the Saints definitely have the most disappointing performance from week one. Oh yeah, consider this. Drew Brees throws 37 passes or 37 completions for and 45 attempts, 439 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The team still loses 48 to 40. Yeah, that, that is that, bad. that is a huge concern because Brees he's capable of doing that every game, but what are the chances that he actually does? The defense has to stop somebody to give them a chance. Yeah, it's also kind of concerning on their part because, I mean, Carolina is going to be good, and Atlanta lost to the defending champs, and they had a chance to win it at the end. So I think uh, I think it is very concerning with the Saints' defense, how bad it was. But I just don't see the Saints having a bad year as much as I do see the Cowboys potentially having a bad year, which is really bad because I just took a leap of faith and picked them to win the division this year. So – I'm really, I'm really kind of regretting that at this point, but still long season ahead, so we'll see how that goes. And then finally for this week in sports, we had college football update. Uh, not a lot of news this week. Most games kind of went as scheduled for the most part. Uh, same top ten as last week, except Oklahoma moved up to five and Wisconsin dropped to six. And then Stanford and Notre Dame flipped as well as Notre Dame. No, Stanford's at nine, and then Notre Dame is now at ten, so not much difference there. 
biggest movers and shakers. So the biggest rise in the polls this week, uh, Boise State went from 20 to 17. Oregon went from 23 to 20. And then Arizona State, Oklahoma State moved up into the top 25. And then the biggest drops were USC losing to Stanford, moved them from 17 to 22. And then Michigan State's loss to Arizona State, which was kind of like the big upset of the weekend, moved them from 15 all the way to 25. So I guess it's safe to say that uh, that Herb Edwards, you know, prepared his team to play to win the game, as they say. So, hey, I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah, so he – I mean, Herb Edwards, I did not think that was a good hire, but maybe, maybe he's just – maybe he's a little underrated as a college coach. Maybe he's got those guys ready, so – that was kind of interesting to see how good Arizona State will be this year. But I just got a quick question for you guys. There's uh, three or four really good college matchups this week. So of these three matchups, which are 22, USC versus Texas, number four, Ohio State versus number 15, TCU, and number 12, LSU versus number seven, Auburn, which matchup are you looking forward to most this week? Definitely the number seven, Auburn against number 12 LSU um, an early SEC matchup could have implications on the college football playoff down the road and this game is going to be crucial for both teams you know get get their feet wet in the SEC get a good start in the conference and the winner of this game has a good shot at challenging Bama in the SEC yeah, I don't know about that necessarily challenging Bama, but I do think this is the most uh, most exciting game for the week. I mean, LSU's better than people give them credit, so I would I would watch out and go Tigers. Yeah, I'm going to do Auburn game as well. Um, I don't think either of these teams can beat Bama, especially with Tua at quarterback, but it'll be interesting to see if, you know, you know the SEC always gets kind of – a little bit of favoritism um, at the end. So who knows? Maybe LSU's only loss is Alabama or Auburn's only loss this year is Alabama going into that last week. Obviously, LSU had an impressive win at the start of the season. Um, I think, yeah, and Auburn beat Washington too. So, I mean, this is kind of a game that could compete for maybe that last or if they do beat Bama at some point. This is a playoff implications game. Um, more than anything, more than the rest. So I'll see if LSU can continue their dominance. Their defenses look great. And I'll see if Auburn can continue their dominance with their offense. So uh, a lot of good matchups this week in college football. So thanks, guys, for listening to uh, this week in sports. And we will send it back to AJ for odds and ends. All right, guys, it's time for another edition of Odds and Ends. This week found three news stories that are worth discussing. First one is something that I found, and I actually tried this last night. Um, the United States Navy came up with a technique to ensure pilots get the vital rest that they needed. And uh, because of after the Second World War or during the Second World War, lots of pilots were making destructive mistakes due to lack of sleep. So they want their soldiers well rested. And so here is the technique. It is uh, it is to make you fall asleep in two minutes. So 
it's basically involves a lot of breathing uh, slowly and deeply. I'm not going to read all the steps because that's literally what every step says. It says something about breathing slowly and deeply. But I did try this last night, and I think after about two minutes, I started laughing to myself because I thought how ridiculous that was. Because there are times I struggle falling asleep, but uh, I feel like this didn't really help me at all. Yeah, um, hmm. I I usually fall asleep fairly fast. I think two minutes is like very fast though like you wouldn't think that two minutes would be that that fast of a time period but like it takes a while for your body to shut down but uh the only time where i ever fell asleep in like two minutes was like freshman year my uh roommate not gonna name names but uh <laughs> um tried bringing um a friend back to the room and my friend the place to stay so I basically prayed to God that he would knock me out uh, before they got back. And thank God they did because the next morning I woke up and uh, yeah, I fell asleep for maybe whatever happened in the middle of the night. So that was, that was congrats. I fell asleep. But yeah, yeah, that didn't, that night didn't end great for him though, but we'll just, we'll just leave that at that. Ooh. I was going to say that sounds clutch for both of you guys, but maybe not. But yeah. you don't need to. You don't need to share the rest yep, of that I'm story. I'm not going to share any more than that. But that was that's the fastest I ever fell asleep. All right. Well, the next story I have is probably the most ironic news story I've ever seen. So here's the headline: Author of How to Murder Your Husband arrested for allegedly killing her husband. Well, yeah, yeah. Not surprised even a little bit. Um, I think I think a uh, I think a child could have solved that crime. Yeah, it seems pretty obvious, but apparently, it was about seven years after she wrote this, her husband was found dead. Uh, wherever he's in, or- he was, it was in Oregon. So he was a chef in Oregon. He was found shot to death at work, and apparently, they're blaming it on the wife. But reading the article, it seems that people are questioning whether or not it was actually her. But it does kind of seem likely, considering she wrote a book. About does the book? Does the book be like, all right? First of all, make sure your husband's a chef. Second, yes. <laughs> kill him at work. That'd be the most like, obvious it, thing ever. Like, does it fall? Like, does it match up? Does like the murder match the book? You know what? Maybe I should look into getting this book. It's got to be on Amazon, right? Yeah, you probably would have to think so. And this, the sales are probably going through the roof right now with this news. That's kind of yeah. interesting. I kind of want to oh. read it. Okay, the first thing I see is how to murder your husband: a killer cookbook. That is Ooh. not. I don't think that's what it was. That's clever, though. That is. That is clever. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I think guess... I found it. Did you find it? Is her name Kathy Lett or something or Lette? Her name was Nancy Crampton Brophy. Oh. <laughs> wow. That, then I might, it might not be this. Then yeah. Maybe I didn't I... find it. So oh, that's called how to kill your husband. I need how to murder. My bad. I wonder if like in the wake of the news, it got taken out. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. When I type in how to murder your on Amazon, I find life cat Marnell, whatever that means, how to murder your life, 
how to murder your wealthy lovers and get away with it and how to murder your mother-in-law. So, Oh boy. Huh? This maybe might not have been much of a popular book. I guess most wives must not want to kill their husbands. I would hope not. Yeah. That's kind of scary for, for us. Yeah. Just gotta, it's hard to be, it's hard to be a husband. What can I like? That's how it is. Yeah, you just gotta gotta be careful with who you surround yourself with. Very true. Anyways, the last story I have for today, it's a sad one. The subway, five dollar foot long, may not be available at your local subway for much longer. The CEO of Subway said that individual franchises can choose whether or not to offer the five dollar foot long to their customers. As a college student, this makes me pretty upset. It was a good a good deal for $5. Get a cheap filling sandwich. And now I might not be able to get that. Um, I, mean, I, I just want like... to start off by saying that the $5 football oh, foot long was never $5. It was like, like six fifty at yeah, least. It was like $6.50 every time. Well, that's if you get the meal. They're, of course, they had the $5 foot longs, you know. I think I, I can't remember how long ago it was. But then they got rid of them. Then they brought back like four footlongs that were four ninety nine. I just I think that it's always been kind of a scam. And um I mean if they want to charge me more, I don't go to Subway really anymore. I'm kinda of over it, but good bread. Yeah. yeah. See the thing for me is that I'm not really that big of a fan of Subway because I think it's just soggy food. It tastes soggy. It doesn't really taste healthy. Maybe that's why they Say, I mean, the slogan is eat fresh. It doesn't taste fresh, but I would go there because of the cheap foot long sandwich versus going to Casey's, even though uh, Casey's subs way better than Subway subs. What? Casey's subs suck. Yeah, oh, dude. You're, you're, just, you're, you're having, wow, Casey's you guys must suck. not have got the right ones. And the, not the, the ones that they make for you, not the ones that you can just get from the little. Yeah, no. Refrigerated yeah, sex. Well, those those are garbage. About. Those are garbage. What's wrong they're with like, them? They're lo- absolutely loaded. Everything tastes good on them. No, that's... I think I think they can be a little overloaded. I think, I think they're overloaded. That is that is one thing. Yeah, good. that that does, I do agree with that. They can be overloaded, but I think that's better than having a soggy sub. That's I think that's I me. think they're overloaded. And I think that the bread is not nearly as good as Subway's bread is. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I ordered a meatball sub from Casey's like two weeks ago, and they didn't even put marinara on the meatballs. They just put meatballs. It's just a dry meatball. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not even joking. They didn't even put (laughs) marinara. And then I went Did you say anything? I, no, dude, because I wasn't paying attention. I went back. (laughs) I went back after I got back to my house. I was like, you didn't put any marinara on here. So you know what they did? They just put cold marinara on there. They didn't even warm it up. Or no way. <laughs> All right, so Casey joking. sucks. Casey yeah, sucks. Oh, my God. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, it just had meatballs and bread. Well, I guess your first problem is that you ordered a meatball sub. That's the best sub you can get. They, they are good. They are good. But I, I usually don't. I usually get something with uh, – I usually get the Italian from Casey's variety of meats, most of the veggies. Yeah. But so, but yeah, the meatball sub is usually pretty good. I'm surprised that they that they did that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyway, that just about does it for the odds and ends portion of our podcast. We will now switch things over to Gable for J3G's Just Things of the Week. All right, guys. It is now J3G's Just Three Things of the Week. So our first topic has to do with the NFL, obviously, because week one was real exciting. Um, interesting question. I, I kind of thought this to myself a little bit this week, but which quarterback do you think has a brighter future in Patrick Mahomes or Sam Darnold? Now, I just want to preference this. Uh, the reason why I put Sam Darnold in here, a lot of people probably might be like thinking this is a crazy question because he's only made one start. This is his first time in the NFL. The Jets are a pretty historically bad franchise when it comes to quarterbacks, yada, yada, yada. But the, the Jets have $100 million in cap space next season. And I think they just gave Todd Bowles an extension to be the head coach there. So I thought those were kind of two interesting things that might go in his favor. So what what quarterback do you think has a brighter future, guys? This one's tough because... Patrick Mahomes has tons of offensive weapons around him. He has Kareem Hunt, which means that the running game can help out with his passing game. The play calling will have an effect on how uh, how open his receivers get, basically. If Kareem Hunt's running well, then Patrick Mahomes is going to be passing well. That's just how football works. But Sam Darnold, he threw an interception on his first NFL throw. And then he came back and was part of an absolute thrashing against the Lions. So, and that's with not as many weapons. So, I do have to say, I think, even though Mahomes, he's on my team, I have to say Sam Darnold has a brighter future. Just, it is based off of one game. And Mahomes has only played two, so it's kind of a similar comparison. But I think Darnold will... uh, surpass expectations, especially, like you said, if the Jets load up on weapons for him with their cap space, then he's going to have a pretty solid career. Yeah, you know, this is tough. I think that as as a quarterback, I think Darnold's better. But if he sticks around in New York, it's hard for me to think that the Jets won't mess it up somehow. Like, I know they got the cap space, but I still just think the Jets will find a way to screw it up somehow. And I like the organization of the Chiefs a lot better so I think Patrick Mahomes, you're going to look back and he's going to maybe have better numbers and a better career when you look at it. But if Sam Darnold can get out of New York maybe, then I think he could really blow up into a star. But if he's stuck with the Jets, who knows what could happen to him. He could only be in the league for a couple of years. Yeah, I think both guys will have a pretty long career with their respective teams. Um, and this is hard for me because the NFC, I mean the AFC West is uh, – is, pretty good every year for the most part. Like the Broncos are usually a pretty, pretty good franchise. The Chargers are usually middle of the pack. The Chiefs are usually up there and the Raiders have had their years. Whereas in Darnold's division, the Bills and Miami and the Jets themselves take turns usually being like one of the worst teams in football, if not the worst. Um, And Brady's only got about maybe two, three years left. So Sam could really take over that division, especially with how bad Buffalo's looked and Miami. We don't know if Tannehill's going to be that great. And once Brady retires and how much longer does Belichick have left? So I kind of have to favor towards Darnold, 
but I think Mahomes will have better career statistics. Uh, like, his offense is good. Obviously, I mean, it's actually amazing. But I just don't know. Like, I think Sam is a better leader. I've, I've always been a big Sam Darnold fan. I think this offseason is going to be really important. I think they're going to do everything they can to continue to surround him with talent. But I just see Darnold as the next guy to take over the AFC East as much as I like Mahomes, though, because I really like Mahomes. Like, he just seems like a guy that's just going to put up huge numbers every year. I just don't know, if, like, how the play out, though. Like, there's just something about him. Like, I just don't want to completely believe in him yet, even though I am a big fan. So I'm going to have to lean towards Darnold because I've, I've been on the Darnold train for a while, and I just think he's going to be a really good player for a really long time. And I think that division is going to be his for the next couple of years after Tom Brady retires. So moving on to our next topic uh, has to do with college football. So me and my roommates have this argument all the time, um, specifically uh, Casey Good from Ogden. And um, he's a big Big 12 guy. I'm a big Big 10 guy. So I want to ask you guys, what conference do you think is a better conference uh, for football, the Big 10 or the Big 12? So I'm a, I'm a Big 12 guy too, but I think that the Big 12 is absolutely awful this year. There's really only – four teams that I think will have a chance of doing anything, and that's TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. While the Big Ten, I think, are loaded with teams that will make – that could make decent bowl games, which would be Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, maybe even Northwestern. So the Big Ten, I think, is a much tougher conference – and it's pretty much survival of the fittest there versus the Big 12. There's really only four contenders, and the rest of the conference is average or below average at best. Yeah, it's e- it's easily the Big 10. Big 10 is far superior than the Big 12. I mean, look at bowl records. Look at everything. Look at teams that make the playoff. It's the Big 10 by a mile. Yeah, I think the Big Ten's better, and I think the Big 12 isn't, like, too far behind but when you look at the big 10 just this year there's probably two teams in the big 10 that could legitimately make the playoff and potentially win it in ohio state and wisconsin where you look at the big 12 oklahoma's a team that could easily make the playoff i I bet they could win it too but after that like west virginia is kind of a dark horse maybe they could maybe they couldn't they there's nothing that suggests that they would I mean, they have a good quarterback, good wide receivers. But other than that, there's nothing about West Virginia that you look at and you're like, oh, yeah, it's dominant. that's a dominant team. Um, TCU is always pretty good. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoff. And then Oklahoma State's a really solid team, really solid program. Like, when you look at the Big Ten, every year it just seems like, I mean, Ohio State's good. Then you always have one or two other teams at the top that you're like, oh, yeah, that, that could be a playoff team if they weren't in the same conference as Ohio State. Whereas when you look at the Big 12, it's like Oklahoma, and that's it. And, like, the other thing with the Big 12 is they play such a style of football that I get it's exciting for Big 12 fans where they're watching all this high scoring. But Iowa State, I used them as an example. Last year, State was, like, the only team in the conference that played real defense, and they beat, like, every single good team in their conference. That's right. So how good – how could – how good can that conference be if what is historically a not very good team in their own conference 
and on, the only good team, like as far as defense goes in their conference, can just beat everybody else in their conference just by attempting to play defense. Like you saw Oklahoma in the playoff last year, and they lit it up in the first half, but once their scripted plays were over, they got absolutely manhandled by Georgia in the second half. And the first time Oklahoma made the playoff, like two or three years ago with Baker still there, they got absolutely manhandled by Clemson, who then lost in the national championship. So it's like it's like one of those things where I just don't think the Big 12 is better than Big 10. I think the majority of Big 10 teams can beat Big 12 teams. And also, I think the best team in each conference, the Big 10, is better. One to two to three to four, go on, so on, so forth. So I think the Big Ten just met better than the Big 12 does. So, and then moving on to our last topic for J3G's Just Three Things of the Week has to do with the MLB because we're only two weeks away from the playoffs and playoff baseball is some of the most exciting baseball you ever see. So I just wanted to ask you guys, what World Series matchup would you like to see this year versus which one do you think will actually happen? Ooh, well, this one is kind of tough. Um, I do say I want to see the Red Sox in there because that's my team. And I definitely expect them to be there for the American League. So that's a no-brainer there. As for the National League, it would be cool to see uh, Red Sox-Cubs World Series, considering even though both of the teams have broken their long curses, it would be cool to see two formerly cursed teams play each other for a World Series title. But, you know, there's a part of me that still wants to go with my prediction from the first episode, Red Sox-Dodgers. So I would uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with that. I think with Kershaw on the mound and a potential wild card game, the Dodgers will get into the playoffs and they'll continue to run all the way to the World Series. So obviously – I want the Braves in it. That's that's kind of a no-brainer. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But I'd love to see – I'll throw back into the uh, – I'll throw back a little 90s. I'd like to see a Braves-Yankees again because um, that happened about 10 years straight. I'd like to see that also because, you know, I don't really have a lot of friends that are Yankees fans that can rub it in my face when, if the Braves lose to them. So that would be kind of nice to avoid that. Um, so Braves-Yankees is what I want to see. What I think is going to happen, though, I think it's going to be Cubs-Red Sox. Uh, I think those are the clear best teams in each league. So, I would – okay, so there's two World Series matchups I'd like to see. Obviously, the first one would be Cubs versus Yankees. Ever since I was a kid, that's the World Series matchup I want to see in my lifetime because the Cubs are my favorite team. The Yankees, it was the powerhouse team when we were growing up. So I was always like, that would be my dream World Series. I would love to see that World Series happen. Plus, same thing with you, Noah. I don't have a lot of friends that are Yankees fans. Well, they have like one or two, and uh, everybody hates the Yankees. So, like, all my friends at Simpson always want to cheer against the Cubs because, like, I'm a huge Cubs fan. But at the same time, like, do you really want to cheer for the Yankees? Like, no. You don't no. want to cheer for the Yankees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Never. It's like, it's like one of those things where it would work out perfectly in my favor. I still think my friends would be jerks about it and still cheer against the Cubs just because it's me. But at the same time, like, I – I at least think they wouldn't feel good about it because it's the Yankees. But what I think will happen, oh, well, the other matchup I'd like to see would be the Rockies versus any team in the AL because then you could see a World Series in Colorado. <laughs> there would be a ton of home runs in that World Series, so that would be really fun. 
But the other one that I would uh, the what I think will happen, I think it'll be Cubs Red Sox. But the only other team that I could see from the NL making it, other than the Cubs, would be the Dodgers. Those are the only two teams I could see coming out of the NL. So I, it'll either be Cubs or Dodgers playing against the Red Sox, and I think the Red Sox are gonna go into the World Series with uh, not ease. I think the Astros will give them a good run. I think the Yankees could give them a good run, but I think the Red Sox are just a lot better than everyone right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that concludes J3G's Just Three Things of the Week. A lot of good discussion uh, going on. So uh, send it back to AJ for our What If Sports segment. All right, guys. For this week on our What If Sports Dream Match of the Week, I woke up this morning with an idea, and it seemed like a good idea. And now that I'm following through with this idea, it may not be a good idea because it's going to take about seven or eight weeks to complete this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what we're going to do is hold the greatest NBA team tournament or the top 64 teams all time based off of record will be put into the simulation in a bracket, single game elimination, and we will go through many episodes until we find the winner. And part of me doing this is because, well, it's only been five episodes and I've already run out of other ideas. So this buys me two months pretty much to come up with something else. Oh, fair enough. Good enough. So really, yeah, really it's a genius decision. So anyway, first we'll start off on the side of the bracket that contains teams such as the record setting 73 and nine, 2015 2016 Warriors, the 2012 2013 Heat, and the 96 97 Jazz, some of the most iconic teams in history. So, with that being said, let's get to the first matchup. We have the 15 16 Warriors taking on the 16 17 Spurs, a pair of recent teams. This, of course, was the last year before the Warriors signed Kevin Durant. And the Spurs still have their core of Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, and LaMarcus Aldridge on this team. What do you guys expect in this one versus 64 matchup? Uh, Warriors. Yeah, Warriors, no question. Yeah, it shouldn't be that close, especially uh, since the, they're in the same era. We've seen the result before. But what, what, about, what would happen if we got an upset in the first round? That'd be cool, but it's not gonna happen. Well, you know what's funny? We actually got an upset on the very first pick. Ooh. What? On the very first very first game, the Spurs won one oh five to ninety six. Is this a is this a series that they play? No, this is, is just one game elimination. Yikes. So just right. like the Warriors choked in the finals, they choked in the first round of the playoffs. See what I did there? They blew yeah. the 3-1 lead in the finals. They blew the first-round game. Yep. Yeah, so that's, 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 yeah, that's crazy. The Spurs in the next round, which we probably won't see them again for another four weeks or so. Moving mm-hmm. on to matchup number two, some teams from the 90s. We have the 90-91 Trailblazers led by Clyde Drexler against the Seattle Sonics led by Gary Payton. These teams are the middle teams, the 32 and 33. So this could be a close game. I'm going to go with the Sonics. 
Um, I don't know anything about either of these teams, but uh, I got to go with the Sonics just out of gut pick. Clyde Drexler is a great name. I'm going with him. <laughs> well, that was a very uh, thoughtful opinion. But Thank uh, you. the Sonics were one of the best defensive teams in this era. And I think that'll. Were they? Them- Yes, I think I'd, I wasn't there. I didn't. <laughs> I think that'll. I think that'll give them the edge over the Blazers in this one. And the Sonics did win this one, one sixteen to one oh seven. Clyde Drexler did have a pretty good game, though, Noah. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And he's got a great last name. Even the first name's pretty the good. The first name's cool. You know, they call I like him, Drexler. Did you know they call him Clyde the Glide? I may have known that. You probably did. I probably did. The next one is uh, and also another interesting matchup from our generation. It's the 13-14 Spurs that ended up winning the championship against the Heat, and that's actually who they're playing, except it's the 2012-2013 edition of the Miami Heat. So pretty much they have the same teams that they had during this uh, few years span. Who do you guys got? Uh, I'm going to win the Heat. I mean, the Spurs won, but this I think i got to go with LeBron, so I'm going to go yeah. Heat as well. You got the trio of LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh against the trio of Parker, Leonard, and Duncan. I think history is going to repeat itself on this one. I got the Spurs with an upset. Oh, wow, that wasn't even close. The Heat... Thanks. The Heat thrashed the Spurs one twelve to eighty three. Yeah, dude, this simulator loves LeBron because he's the goat. Yeah, it, it really loves does. LeBron. It's, it's a little biased. I don't think I don't think LeBron has lost a matchup yet. In any tell you what, simulation. Tell you what, I'm make a prediction right now. This is like a two month out prediction. Yeah, there are going to be two LeBron teams in the finals. Really, I was That's actually I was actually meaning to ask you the most common teams in this simulation are Celtics, Lakers. Bulls. So I was wondering if you guys thought one of those three teams would end up being the champion. I guess obviously you don't think so. I would say the Showtime Lakers would probably have to, they'll probably win it, I would assume, right? Like, didn't the Lakers, weren't they really good in the early 80s? That's what it was? Uh, Yeah, yeah, early 80s. It was kind of the Celtics Lakers era there. Yeah, but whichever Showtime Lakers was the best will probably win it. That's yeah, my... I'm not, personally, I'd be shocked if one of the Bulls teams didn't win it. But, no, like you said, LeBron is loved by the simulation. Mm-hmm. So I would I would be shocked if the uh, LeBron team didn't at least make the Final Four. I've got, I got two. I got two LeBron teams. But you have teams. two in the championship. Yeah. LeBron v. LeBron for yeah. the championship. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see if that ends up happening. Uh, the next matchup, some very old-school teams. We've got the 92-93 Phoenix Suns, led by Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, taking on the 70-71 Bucks with Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a young young core for the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, same here. Same here. See, this is when you start getting to the era where the benches, the the time where the benches start getting a little bit deeper. But I think Oscar and Kareem being a couple of the top 
10, top 15 best players of all time. They should be able to win this one. And yes, the Bucks won 113 to 101. So no surprises there. Next matchup we have consists of the 2007 Mavericks, led by Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, against the 1979-1980 Boston Celtics, which I believe was Larry Bird's rookie season. And they also had Nate Archibald and Dave Cohens, who were late in their careers. I'm going to go with the Mavericks. I think uh, I think realistically I'd pick the Mavericks because I think the more modern the team, the more likely they are to win um, just because of the style of basketball. But I'm going to go with the Celtics on this one based on what I think the simulation is going to go towards. Yeah, I think – I'm not sure how – I'm pretty sure Larry Bird was the rookie of the year in this season, so he obviously has some good stats. But, yeah, I do think the Mavericks will end up taking this one. And they did 120-106, a little higher scoring than what I was expecting. All right, just a few more matchups left. This one, some teams in the same era, late 90s. We got the 97-98 Chicago Bulls, Steve Kerr, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen against the 95-96 Supersonics, still led by Gary Payton, pretty much the same team that we saw before. Who do you guys got? Bulls. Yeah, Bulls all the way. Yeah, this Bulls team is the 41st ranked team in the simulation, but I do think with – even though this is Michael Jordan late in his career, still a very solid player, superstar. So we'll go with the Bulls on this one. And surprisingly, the Supersonics take this one 106-93. to 93. So I guess there wasn't an upset there. Oh, well, uh, another reason why Michael Jordan's not the best player ever. Yep. True. Michael Jordan had a good game. It just well, there there wasn't any help from his bench. The not enough. The Sonics bench looked like they carried the load for the Sonics. That helped him get through it. So we'll have to remember that for next time four weeks later. I guess so. All right. In the late nineties we saw a lot of or saw a couple of jazz bulls. Uh, finals matchups. So in this case, we have the 96-97 Jazz taking on the Bulls, but this Bulls team is from 2010-2011, the year Derrick Rose won MVP. So who do you guys have in this one? I'm going Bulls. Derrick Rose back then, assuming he doesn't get hurt during this game, he's, it's Bulls all the way. Ah, I got to go with the Jazz on this one. The Stockton, Malone, pick and roll can't be stopped by this Bulls team. Even though this Bulls team was pretty good defensively, I just don't see the Jazz losing this one. And the Jazz do win this one 97-84. It looks like Carl Malone and Stockton both feasted on this one. Feasted. Feasted. Mm, Absolutely feasted. And the last matchup of the first part of the first round, we have two Bulls teams. It's weird how all the Bulls teams were – most of the Bulls teams were in this part of the bracket. 
but we have the 90-91 Bulls taking on the 91-92 Bulls. So basically, they're the same exact team, except the 91-92 Bulls are a year more experienced. Oh, geez. So, is this an easy one to predict? Yeah, I'm picking the Bulls. Yep. I got, they can't I got the Bulls all the way. I lost my last two picks on the Bulls, so they can't disappoint me this time. I think I'm, I think I'm going with the youth here. I'm going with the youth. You're going with the youth movement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the experience in this one. And the experience overcomes the youth 110 to 102. About what Ooh. I – the game was close like I expected. But, yeah, at the end of the day, a better Michael Jordan, a better Scottie Pippen. Can't well, go at least wrong I got that. that one right, though. I picked the Bulls, so. Yeah, you Great did. Job. Yeah, you did really well. Good job. Yep. All right, and that does it for the first of what's going to be a very long – simulation process hope you guys stick with us every step of the way i'm sure you guys are really excited how this is going to turn out but now it's time to send some picks so gable give us your picks all right we're on to send picks picks of the week so, quick recap of last week. All of us had a very good week for the most part. Um, we all went seven and two in our picks. Wow! But I'm going to give Congrats myself. To us. I'm going to give myself the dub because I predicted that Iowa would be Iowa State by ten on last week's podcast, and I got that right. So okay, you you can't just make up rules. Props to me. Um, I picked the correct score of the Iowa Iowa State game, which was obviously our tiebreaker. Well, you so, didn't pick the score. You, you, you like picked the, score. the margin. You picked the, the margin, yeah. yeah, the margin. Um, so, yeah, congrats to me for winning on last week. Uh, you guys did pretty well as well. But, yeah, I won that one. So, uh, good, good job to all of us. So, move on to college football. We got six games to pick from. And then we got a couple more for the NFL. So, our first matchup, rematch of what is highly considered the best college football game ever. Uh, 22 USC taking on unranked texas who do you guys got well it uh might not be the greatest game ever considering i think texas will disappoint everybody once again this year so i've got usc in this one yeah this this may be the best matchup ever like in the early 2000s but now texas sucks which is a real shame so i'm gonna go with usc as well i'm going to go with texas because i think Todd Herman has to get a signature win this week. Um, otherwise, I think things are going to be looking down for him for the rest of his time at Texas. Colin so Cowherd I'm, picked Texas too. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Texas. I feel like I feel like this is a major game for their program. Uh, I feel like this is a game that they can't lose. Um, but I don't feel necessarily confident in the pick. But I'll go with Texas. So our next one is number four, Ohio State versus number fifteen, TCU. Who do you guys got? This goes back to the argument we had just a little bit ago, Big Ten versus Big 12. I honestly don't think this one's going to be very close. I think Ohio State will take this one pretty easily. Yep, Ohio State all the way. I got to agree. I think Dwayne Haskins could have a big game, and uh, Ohio State's looking to make another playoff run this year. So next one, uh, we got number 12, LSU, versus number 7, Auburn. Who do you guys got? Oh, boy. Uh, this one is usually a pretty solid game. Um, I could make an easy pick and say I'm going to go with the Tigers, but I will 
be more specific, and I have to take Auburn at home. I think that's going to be the difference maker. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I like LSU this year. I like Coach O. Go Tigers. Oh, gosh. This is like a really hard game to pick because on one side you have LSU plays phenomenal defense and runs the ball. On the other side you have Auburn. <laughs> very good offense. Um, gosh. I'm going to have to go with – I'm going to go with Auburn. Uh, you said it was at home, right, AJ? Yep, Auburn at home. Yeah, I'm gonna take Auburn in that one. I don't. That's like a fifty-fifty ball, though. Like if it was if it was at LSU, I'd pick LSU. But uh, so moving on to our next one, we got kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, two good uniforms playing off in this game, but we got number seventeen Boise State versus number twenty-four Oklahoma State. I don't know really anything about either of these teams, but what do you guys what do you guys think? Yeah, well, I honestly don't either. So. Um... Again, I think I have to go with a home field advantage on this one and take Oklahoma State. I didn't know Boise State was good again, so welcome back, Boise State, I guess. Um, I'm going to pick them. I'll go Broncos. I'm going to go Oklahoma State purely on the fact that my friend from the summer, Clayton, um, he's a big Oklahoma State guy because he goes to college there. So shout out Clayton. Uh, we'll go with Oklahoma State on this one. So then we'll go move into the in-state matchups. We got Iowa versus you and I. This one should be a pretty easy pick, in my opinion. Who do you guys got? Well, um, I don't know. You never know what can happen in the game of college football. But I think this one's pretty obvious. You got to go with Iowa. Man, these are my Panthers. This is my college here. And let me tell you, you don't want to be playing a team like you and I at Kinnick. You see what happens against teams like us, like NIU, North Texas. So that's why the University of Northern Iowa is going into Kinnick, and we're coming back with the W this oh, week. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. All right. That's, that's if, you think that's, if you think that's bold, you, you don't know anything about football like I do. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot. Right. You're the sports guy. I'm a big football guy. Yep, you're a big football guy. Um last uh, college football matchup of the week we got unranked Iowa State versus number five Oklahoma and I think this is at Iowa State so that could be pretty interesting so who do you guys got yeah it is at Iowa State because remember I have to be there to work it I probably won't get to watch so I'm very upset but I don't know Iowa State disappointed me last week with their offense and I think in order to keep up with Oklahoma they're going to have to score even though their defense uh, might help them out. They, I do think they will have to score to keep up with Oklahoma. So I got to go with Oklahoma, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, Iowa State. Oklahoma's taking this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma as well. Kyler Murray's just too much. And uh, I think Iowa State's coming off a pretty disappointing loss against Iowa where their offense couldn't really do much. So uh, Oklahoma. Let's move on to a couple NFL games, try to pick out the most interesting ones. Um, we got Chiefs versus Steelers. Who do you guys got? Considering how awful Big Ben looked last week, um, I do have some more faith in the Chiefs on this one. I do think it will be a pretty close game, but again, I got to take my Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I really do like Patrick Mahomes, so I think I'm also going to go with the Chiefs as well, plus the uh, Steelers not looking so hot. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Chiefs as well. That puts the Steelers in a pretty big hole. 
but I was so impressed with that Chiefs offense, and I don't think the the Steelers' defense is all that good. I mean, I know they had seven sacks last week against the Browns, but I, I just – I'm really impressed with the Chiefs. So, I bet against them last week, not going to bet against them this week. So, see how that goes. Uh, good choice. Next one, we got Vikings versus Packers at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers is in question. Who do you guys got? It really depends, honestly – on if Aaron Rodgers plays or not, considering what he did last weekend against the Bears after coming back from his injury. But the Vikings, I think, are a different animal than what the Bears are. I think even if Aaron Rodgers does play, I do think the Vikings will take this one. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back because there's nothing that can keep him out of a football game, it seems like. So I'm going to go Packers, especially at Lambeau. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings are very, very good. And uh, I think that Kirk Cousins is just going to go in there, play pretty solid, pretty solid for the most part. And the Vikings defense controls the game um, a little bit better than the Bears, not too much better than the Bears defense, but good enough. And they've been good enough longer that I think their cohesiveness overcomes that difference. I think Aaron Rodgers struggles a little bit in this game going with the Vikings. So next matchup, we got the Panthers versus the Falcons. Who do you guys got? The Panthers suffered a couple of crucial injuries last weekend against the Cowboys. And although the Falcons are coming off of the game against the Eagles where their offense was kind of, uh, let's just say that they underperformed, I think the Falcons will bounce back and take this one at home. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I think Devontae Freeman's out for the Falcons, which kind of sucks. But that just means that Matty Ice is going to go off. He's going to be throwing bombs to Julio all day, and the Falcons are bouncing back and winning it. Yep, I think the, I think the Falcons have a bounce-back game. I think they need to win this one, so I'm going Falcons. Uh, then we got Patriots versus Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey talking a lot of trash this year, talked a lot of trash this week about Gronk. Gronk handled it pretty well. Who do you guys got, Patriots or Jaguars? This should be a pretty good game. Um, kind of similar to what the AFC Championship was last year. Blake Bortles surprisingly held his own for the most part. Um, I do think the Patriots are the better team in this, but there's something about the Jaguars uh, playing at home that I really like. I'm really, I'm really like, I really like picking the home teams. If you guys couldn't tell, but yeah. I gotta go with the Jaguars in this one. I'll be rooting for them. I think I agree. It's gonna be Jaguars revenge from that AFC Championship game, Jacksonville, all the way. I'm gonna go with the Patriots in this one, and it's kind of interesting because that Jaguars defense is so good, but there's just something about how Tom Brady played in that first game his connection with Gronk and the fact that the Patriots, even though they didn't have great wide receiver performance, they still just looked way better than the Texans did. So I don't know if that was more Patriots or more on the Texans just looking bad, but I just have a good feeling about the Patriots going into this one. So I would pick the Pats. So we'll move into our Sunday night. First Cowboys. Who do you got? Well, unfortunately, uh, even though I expected the Giants to win the NFC East, they didn't get the dub last week against the Jaguars. They will bounce back in this one and, and take down the Cowboys on the road. Sunday night football, Eli Manning goes off. 
Yeah, because Eli Manning is very known for his uh, big games MVP. that he has recently. All right. So, anyways, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Saquon had a great week one. He's looking really good. And Cowboys kind of underperformed a little bit. So, I think they're getting the bounce back. And I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Dallas as well. Uh, Cowboys, I mean, the Giants, Landon Collins talking a little trash about Dak. I think Dak responds with a pretty good game. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Cowboys. I think it's a, I think it's a close one, though. I think it's tied going into the fourth quarter, but I see the Cowboys pulling out this one. So, final game, we got the Monday night game, Seahawks at Bears. Who do you guys got? Considering the Seahawks don't have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, I like the Bears' chances in this one. I will take the Bears in a bounce-back win. Yep, I agree. I think the Bears are going to be able to take this one. I agree. I think the Bears have a really good week this week. I think Mitchell has finally kind of like a really good game. He's kind of been lacking one over these past two years, so I'm going to have to go with the Bears as well. So thank you uh, guys for listening uh, to our Send Pick segment. That concludes uh, me getting the dub from last week, looking to get another one uh, this upcoming week, and I'll uh, we'll be right. back to for our conclusion. All right, so that'll do it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at J3G Podcast. Keep sending us those questions. Keep on listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Friday night, I'm late.